Welcome to the season six finale of the Bill Bradley Collective. Um, and the way things work in this world, uh, it's been a tragic but, you know, segueing event uh, because we talked about women and uh, all season. And next month, we're talking starting next week at the social in New London, Connecticut at noon uh, on Saturday, July 2nd. And we hope to see you there. We'll be talking about sports watching in Saudi Arabia and uh, on a day of Roe v. Wade uh, going down. It's the difference between Saudi Arabia and us as governments are not as big as we thought. Uh, but we're going to go through this. Um, it is a beautiful day in terms of weather, but it's not a good day. How are you doing, Zach? You know, how are we, how are we all doing on the day like today? You know, we're all just we're all just surviving. There's a woman in our lives that are not having a good day. And, you know, I've been very quiet about it. I've talked about this all day because, frankly, I don't think necessarily that the world needs one more white guy on Facebook putting his opinion out there about how tragic it is. I'm just trying to be there for the woman in my life. And, yeah, that's how I'm doing. So... This has been a hard episode to to plan for, but I decided I would, for the Simpsons trivia, I'd take something tragic. In the Simpsons movie, Grandpa Simpsons vision comes during a funeral. Who is that funeral for? And I'll give you a hint. It's not a person. It's a group. Smashing Pumpkins. Green Day. Green Day. Yes. Oh, I knew. I knew. I, I, the second I said Smashing Pumpkins, I knew that was wrong. They... They Sma- go. They fall into the lake. Yeah, Sma- uh, during their performance. Right. Yes. Smashing Pumpkins was for uh, for um, was the uh, uh, Homer Palooza. Yeah, the second I said it, I noticed. Right. right. Yeah. In, in what I had forgotten is the reason Homer dumps a silo of pig feces into the lake is because the local donut shop had failed its uh, health code and they were giving away free donuts. Yes. Andrew, how you doing, my friend? All things considered, fine. Just trying hard, harder than ever, really, to just remain an ally. You know. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that's 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 very well put. So there have been seven pair times in NFL history in which two runners got a thousand yards rushing. Uh, twice there were quarterbacks, Michael Vick and, and Lamar Jackson, but the first time was. Uh, Larry Zonka and Mercury Morris. The second time was a Super Bowl winning team in the mid 70s, early 70s. Who were the running backs and are they dead or alive? To guess, not a good one. Uh, Tony Dorsett and Calvin Hill? No. No. They didn't, didn't, they didn't so. play together. I didn't think so. Yeah. It bad. is uh, the Steelers. It's Franco and who was the other one? And Rocky Blair. Rocky Blair. Fuck. Yeah. Are they question. dead or alive? Franco's alive. Yes, he is. Um, Rocky Blair. Yes, uh, alive. No, he passed away a couple years ago. Uh, a, um, uh, I believe he was the only Vietnam, Vietnam War vet who served active time in the war to gain a thousand yards. Yeah. So, and I think you ended the season with a surplus. On the uh, on the we gotta look at the, 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 the budget sheet. You had yeah. to run. You had to run. Yeah. I, I started hot. You started, you started hot. Yeah, progressed to the mean a little bit. But, uh, yeah. All right. Um, I take you're doing well. 
or all, again, all things considered as well. All, as all, all things considered, yeah. I, I've spent some time with with the women in my life who have gone through this, uh, and just listening. Uh, but you know, as Zach said, we don't need more white guys uh, putting things on Facebook. But we are three white guys that are going to talk about this in our rants. We decided there's just nothing else to talk about, and we our listeners are are, are, are mean a lot to us, and we are just going to work it out with you guys, uh, you know, on this day. Zach does talk about the fact that we did do a show when the Alito draft got released. If you want to go back and listen to that one, that was on Monday, May 9th. Uh, it was one of our bonus episodes on a Monday. And we talk about it a little more depth. And today uh, we just try not to scream and swear. And, and uh, Andrew succeeded. So for our main episode, we are going to go through the worst people in politics, a peek behind the curtain. We had this draft in January, I'm guessing, January 22nd, if memory serves. And by memory, I mean Brandon, he told me, because I, I wouldn't have remembered. And we're going to go through and see how we did. I we, I don't want to ruin it for you, but do not get on FanDuel and bet on me. Um, but uh, we will, and again, we hope everyone gets to come out and see us at the social in New London, beautiful New London, Connecticut, on Saturday, July 2nd at noon. Uh, we will be there. We will be talking about things. And, and if you have any questions, we're going to put them on the air because people like to hear themselves on podcasts. I discovered from my seven-year-old future stepdaughter. And with that, we will be back with the Bill Bradley Collective. Flying over the intersection of sports and politics, we are the Bill Bradley Collective. Now here are your hosts, Andrew, Zach, and Ed. So this season, as we mention all the time, has been a examination and in, in many ways a tribute to women in sports and and by extension women in life. And today for us is the day that Roe v. Wade was overturned by the Supreme Court. And uh, everything else we had planned to rant about seems pointless and unnecessary. And we're just going to take 10 minutes or until Brandon throws his shoulder out, waving his arm at us to move on uh, to kind of discuss it. Um, and I'm going to start. I mean, I we all know every single listener here loves someone whose life is better because they had an abortion. I don't think there's any question about that. Um, I certainly do. I talked to one of those people today, and she just she just couldn't believe that over half the women in this country, 163 million of them, will not be able to make the decisions about their body and their lives that she made. Um, and it wasn't a surprise because we had seen Alito's leaked uh, document, but to actually see it happen was emotionally overwhelming for me. Yeah, we um, we we released a Monday episode when the leak uh, came out. God, that's about four weeks ago, three weeks ago, uh, where we talked about kind of our feelings on this. But there is still nothing that fully prepares you for seeing for what the inevitable is. Like, if even if you know it's inevitable when it happens. Um, there is still this kind of overwhelming, crushing feeling. I was uh, at the AFL-CAO convention today, 
and our attorney general, our attorneys general, uh, William Tong, uh, was speaking next, and it spoke about five minutes uh, after the decision came out, and he he was shaken up, um, and announced it basically to the crowd, and you could see people be shaken up uh, by it. It is, you know, we live in a Nothing will fundamentally change for women in Connecticut. Nothing will fundamentally change for women in New England. Uh, but that doesn't make this any less of a tragedy. That doesn't make this any less of a affront to justice. Like Clarence Thomas's dissent, uh, and I want to get into this early because we only have a, a short time on this, uh, especially because we released a prior episode. But Clarence Thomas's dissent is truly horrifying. Uh, the 14th Amendment is the justification for a lot of very important Supreme Court precedents, uh, such as Griswold, which is the right to use contraception. There's the right to same-sex acts. There's the right to gay marriage, Obergfell, uh, that Clarence Thomas said should now be overturned because they were decided incorrectly by the 14th Amendment the same way Roe v. Wade was. So... This is the next 20 years of our lives. And and the reality is that another decision that was based on the 14th Amendment that he did not mention. Was Loving v. Virginia. Loving v. Virginia. Because this motherfucker, this corrupt racist, uh, misogynist, uh, who has done nothing in his life but abused the, the, the most vulnerable, is married to a horrifying white woman, Ginny, Virginia, uh, who is an insurrectionist, and um, and yet because it will affect him, that one got left off, and it, yeah, and and you know it doesn't affect anybody in Virginia, in Connecticut now, but Mike Pence has already called for a national ban on abortions, oh. and the day the day that we go back to what Trump had in sixteen, it's over. Yeah, I don't I don't mean to cut you off, Andrew, on this. Yeah, you haven't spoken yet, but you know. Joe Biden spoke today, and when he said Roe is on the ballot in November, he meant it because if the Republicans take control of the House and if they take control of the Senate, all they have to do is wait until 2024 and take back the White House, and then they will abolish the filibuster. They will absolutely abolish the filibuster. Of course. And pass a national abortion ban in Congress. This week we should have we should have been here celebrating, the, at least at least it might have been premature. But the fact that uh, the Senate passed some gun, some actual gun control, they did it today. They did it, did it pass today or did it pass? It passed today. No, the signing was today. Or the signing was the today. signing was today. Let's go to the House now yeah. and it'll likely pass. Um, but no, instead we're we're talking about this and we're talking about a country here in 2022 where somebody has more right to arm themselves with assault weapons than a woman does. Her own uterus. I mean, what does that say about where we are? It's, it, it's, you know, it's very end time shit. And like you said, it's only going to get worse the next twenty years. When you read when you read that Thomas dissent, which I did, um, you know, terrifying. I think it's one of the. I think civil liberties in this country today have been set back as far as any other week in the last, you know, at least at least fifty years. The I Supreme mean, Court decided yesterday that states don't have the right to regulate guns. And then today said states have the right to regulate a woman's body. And but hold on. And only the states have and the right only the states. Sorry, have the right to regulate a woman's body. And I just there 
I want to be clear about this. There is no both sidesism on this issue. There is no, well, the Democrats are 20% responsible. The Republicans are 80% responsible. The Democrats should have done this. The Republicans did this. There are seven people to blame for why this happened, and it is the six Supreme Court justices and Donald Trump. And that is where all of our fervor should be sent to. However, the response of the Democrats should be to immediately move to codify this into law. And instead, what the House Democrats did today was saying, God bless America, on the steps of the Supreme Court. I don't know if you saw that video. Yeah, I, I, it is. I, 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 it, it is. It is. I was screaming. It is enraging where they decide that the best way to respond to Roe is Nancy Pelosi goes out there and reads a poem. And then the House Democrats go out there and saying, God bless America. What? God bless what? Yeah. God bless what? Fuck America. Like, are you serious? You are singing a song about the institutions of America as the as our country's institutions crumble around us in a violent way that'll shackle women in poverty with children for their lives. We are we are the leading country in infant mortality rates among any industrialized country. That is going to get worse now. Like this. That is their response? It, it was. Singing God Bless America? It, it, that is the opposition to the Roe v. Wade? That is the opposition to this 50-year movement? That's what we've got after 50 years knowing this was coming? After 18 months of knowing this was coming, the second Amy Coney Barrett got, got into the Supreme Court, we knew this was coming, and their response is to stand on the steps and sing God Bless America? Uh, and, and by the way, let's, let's go after Manchin and Cinema, who are... Pro-choice, pro-choice, uh, it, it, you know, and they've expressed it. In fact, they always ask the questions. Go after Susan, Susan Collins. Susan. You, said, you said that you believed that she was set a law. Okay, vote with us to abolish the filibuster. We will get this passed, and then we, it is codified into law. I was happy to see, I mean, there's no happy news, but there were... Uh, 80, I think, district attorneys throughout the country who said they will simply not prosecute abortion charges as, as part of their judiciary uh, discretion, judicial discretion. Uh, Chase Bodine is still there because he has to wait for another, I guess, uh, another election. And the other thing, this is how fucked up our world is. Corporations are, are sometimes doing the right thing more than the, the people we elect. Dick Sporting Goods, which is run by a woman, sent out a letter saying, no, she calls her employees teammates, which makes you want to, you know, vomit. But I don't care. She is offering, they will provide all of the services that they have always provided to their employees. And that now includes four thousand, up to $4,000 in travel expenses for you and a support, per, for, a, for a woman and a support person to travel to a state where abortion is legal. Now, Missouri has already said, that they're going for a law that says that it is against the law to leave the state for an abortion. Um, I don't think that's enforceable, but uh, because no, it, you know, you know why it's enforceable? Because during slavery, yeah, we allowed that type of criminal act. Right, to it's a it's a fugitive slave act. It's the fugitive slave uh, act, and, and this and, Supreme Court would use that, that as precedent. Thomas would use it as precedent without any bit of irony, Andrew. I know you, you were talking off the air about it. It's it's just been it's just one of yeah, it's, it's the darkest day of my of 
for this country that I can remember since 9-11. I think reading that leaked Alito draft in itself is very jarring. But today, getting that, and I was for me, I'm not really engaged on my phone during the day at work, but like, I get an, I get a, you know, phone's vibrating, I pick it up, and it's that Apple News thing, and it's like Roe v. Wade overturned by the Supreme Court. And for like five minutes, I was just like this, kind of like in a zombie state of like... <laughs> It happened. It, it was a, it was a different kind of jarring, a much more like it's fucking real. This isn't a draft. This is a decision, um, and one that, uh, yeah, I, I was I, I never thought we'd see the day. I I in, until four weeks ago, maybe not, but you know, this the country was set back really far today. Andrew, I want to way get, back. Andrew, I want to get your opinion on this because you're kind of the least political person out of the three of us. Not that you're apolitical or non-political. You're just... It's not your job. It's not your job, yeah. <laughs> um, no. In my opinion, Americans need to have a reckoning with the fact that our government as a whole does not represent us or the views we want. Abortion access is 62% popular, but Congress represents corporate interests, represents corporate elites. The presidency often... often is interested in foreign policies that don't necessarily impact people and they can't do anything. The presidency is a very weak uh, branch of government. And then we have the Supreme Court, who is essentially the representative of the religious right right now. That is that is what our Supreme Court is representative of. And there is not a single branch of government that represents anyone in this country aside from right-wing religious rich people. It's... I, I totally agree. It, it's it, this is a really good time uh, to start rethinking the Supreme Court. Um, and when you consider the fact that Donald Trump, you know, elected president, did not win the popular vote, was responsible for three Supreme Court justice nominees that swung this vote, that controlled this vote, and two um, of the others were by George W. Bush, who again, also who, did not who, win the popular vote. Again, two presidents, two pres, two separate presidents that did not win the popular vote. Didn't and, really and, and win the electoral vote either, but that's well, either here or there. Yeah, yeah. No, at least one. Okay. Um, I've what 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 little faith I had in sort of our government today is even further eroded, honestly, in the in the eff uh, effectivity, effic efficacy of our government in in representing the will the will of the majority. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, the only thing, you know, one thing that's more popular than the right to choose is the right to have background checks and assault weapons, and they didn't care about that either, and they used absolutely contradictory logic on the two days. And they don't give a fuck. They don't care. It, it's like, they're, this is not, well, the idea that, like, they wear robes because they're judges or anything. You know, two of these guys have credible sex allegations against them, rape allegations, Kavanaugh and, and Thomas. And uh, three of them worked for the Republican Party. Alito did kind of. Uh, by, the, by the way, it is important to mention, as I said, there is no both sidesism. But Joe, Bri Joe, Joe Biden, Joe Biden is more responsible for, for Joe Thomas Biden than anybody else. Is the reason why Clarence Thomas right. is on the Supreme Court right. right now? Absolutely, and that is that is when when we think about Biden's legacy today, that's number one. Uncle Joe and all the good stuff he's done, and he's done some very good things in his life. All of that, I remember watching those hearings. And we were, I had, a, we had, a, we were in an apartment in Derby. Uh, you were not born yet, I don't believe, and I was. No, it was ninety. It was. Oh, maybe you were born. You might have been. I think I was like three. Uh, you might have been little, and I was painting, the and I was listening to it because uh, it was on the TV, and I was so angry at Biden because, like Anita Hill, why the hell didn't she 
Of course you told. I mean, why would you come out and say say these things if they weren't true? Like, what? what how did she benefit from this? Um, regardless, um, and I think some of Biden's comments were really good today. And then the fact that Garland came out and said that there is no they that you can, the states cannot pass a law limiting uh, the Plan B pill, and those things are good, but you know, I mean, that's that's spitting in the ocean. Like that's, you know, this is so bad because there is now, if you look at a map of where it's, it's where you can have uh, an abortion in this country, you can go about a thousand miles before you can find a state that allows it. And you know, Florida's licking its lips, DeSantis is licking his lips to get to it. And you know that, and it's going to be Illinois, it's going to be the West Coast, and it's going to be New England. Maybe Minnesota. Minnesota yeah. will do it. It's going to be like 12 states. That's what it's going to be. New, England, uh, New York, of course. That'll also okay. represent a huge part of the population. Yeah, it's going to be, so, right. Yeah. It's going to be like 150 million people, but there's going to be 150 million. But, but we have to, you know, and and, and I mean, the, the fundraising that both parties did off of this, including the Democrats, was horrifying within seconds. Oh, sickening. But I do respect Robert Mays from The Athletic sent out a, tech, uh, a, a link on this company, this, this organization that will provide travel facilities so people can go to states. And you're seeing, you did see, I think, I do think this is one of those things that, this is so far out of step where America is as a, as a country in terms of po- a population, not in terms of policy, but in terms of population, that uh, I do think that, uh, you know, when the dog catches a car, the dog doesn't know what to do with the car. And we'll see. I mean, things, but we have so many grim, grim days ahead. Okay, so we're gonna, we'll are gonna we be back in a minute uh, to go over our draft of the worst people in politics. None of us put a Supreme Court justice on it, and that was an oversight. Uh, but we will be back after this, and we're going to try to get our, our mood a little better on the Bill Bradley Collective. My family! He's got a gun! Someone's breaking into your home. What do you do? Call 911? It takes the police an average of 35 minutes to respond to a 911 call. In that time, a burglar could have his way with your wife, smoke a cigarette, flip her over and go in for seconds. Don't let the worst happen to you. It is vital that you protect yourself. Do it the patriotic way. That's right. Ammunition has all the equipment you need to protect your family from the evils of a liberal society. Fixed, mounted, and shoulder-held submachine guns, mortars, surface-to-air and all manner of heat-seeking missiles, and just in to celebrate the Gulf War, pink and blue tracer bullets so you can protect your family in the dark. Start the week off right on Make My Day Mondays with two-for-one on main strafe and kill landmines. Got Gulf War syndrome? Get ten bucks off all machine gun rentals. Hey, if you love your family, prove it with a gun. Ammunition. Protecting your rights. So we're going through the draft, and my first pick was... Glenn Youngkin, the uh, Republican governor from Virginia. Uh, The day he took office, he brought in like 12 horrifying executive orders on restricting voting rights. But uh, today, in the wake of Roe v. Wade, here was his statement. The Supreme Court of the United States has rightfully returned power to the people and their elected representative of the state. I'm proud to be a pro-life governor and plan to take every action I can to protect life. The truth is Virginians want fewer abortions, not more abortions. 
And then he talked about building a bipartisan committee to restrict abortion access. Virginia is a blue state. It's it's moderately blue. Obviously, they just elected him, but it's not deep blue. Uh, and by the way, he had every reason to be worried about voting fraud because his 17-year-old son tried to vote twice last year. So uh, I think Youngkin uh, is so far out of step with the, with the people of Virginia, and I think this was a good choice. Yeah, Youngkin is a far-right, like, MAGA governor. Um, DC, Virginia's also where all the D.C. staffers live, uh, so I can't imagine this going well. I, but it is horrifying. I'll give it a eight. If you remember late last year, this was as big of an election as there was nationally. There was so much national focus and news about uh, he versus the Democrat McAuliffe. I was in Virginia late last year. There was not a yard or a property without one sign or the other. And what Youngkin has done since he's come into office, clearly, um, in, in light of recent news, I, I give the, I give it a nine. Eight point five. Yep. All right. So uh, for my first pick of the draft, I had uh, Mo Brooks, which in some ways aged very well, and in some ways aged very poorly in the sense of. He ran for the U.S. Senate, lost the primary, and now is gone from our lives forever. Uh, but not out of the public eye, uh, as it has come out during the January 6th hearings that he asked for a pardon for himself and 147 other Republicans who voted to overturn the election. This re- this came out, I think, at the last hearing. Was the last one. Last one. So, as Adam Kinzinger said, you only ask for a pardon if you believe you broke the law. So, him asking for a pardon, even though he lost the primary, he's gone, but lest he be forgotten. Still in, still in the news. Maybe not in office, but in still the same blithering idiot uh, as ever. Um, yeah, I, I'll go eight. Yeah, his losing doesn't help, but he lost to a QAnon person who's even worse. So he, he who, and and Trump threw him under the bus and ended up endorsing his uh, opponent, which is the most Trumpian thing ever. Yeah, it, it's it's innate. He, he's so dumb, and he also wore a bulletproof vest when he gave a speech at the insurrection, which also is a sign that I know the I know the Republicans said nobody had guns. He didn't believe it. He had a bulletproof vest. Uh, so with my first pick in the third overall, I selected newly sworn in mayor of New York City, uh, Eric Adams, Yeah, who at the time I had a lot of uh, just contempt for. He said a lot of things about working people and a lot of things about... I. <laughs> the, the problem with this pick is that I was so hot in the moment and with so much going on in the world and so many other idiots rising, I just feel like Adams has gotten lost in the fold a little bit. I just haven't seen him much in the news cycle for like bad reasons. I'm not trying. I'm just trying to be honest about um, what his last six months have been like, and they really they've been kind of uh, in my mind not as bad as I may have projected. Oh, contraire, Monfrey. Please be please do not me, undersell not this as, pick because yeah. during this time. A building burnt to the ground, and he said the fire door should have been closed. Oh, However, yeah. if the fire door was closed, then nobody in the that. apartment had heat. <laughs> and uh, fun fact, the landlord of that apartment served on his uh, transitionary council on housing. 
Uh, he then compared cheese to doing heroin because he's a vegan. And as we all know, uh, I've dated a vegan. And let me tell you, uh, they have real normal opinions about everything. Um <laughs> Also, I have a problem if cheese is heroin. I have, a, if, I have a problem. if cheese is heroin, then cheese is cocaine. Somebody check we me. all know cheese Somebody is cocaine. Check me in yeah. rehab. Like, what are we talking about here? Uh, you know, I don't think Insurrectionist Eight is the basis. I think that's a Mo Brooks special. Uh, I would also, I'd give uh, seven. Yeah, I'll, I'll do six. He's been unable to fill. Hold on, he also gets paid in Bitcoin. Yeah. Which is which means well, which means he's working bad for him. Well, which means he's working for free. So that's good. Um, he also uh, he has been unable to fill Bill De Blasio's shoes, and Bill De Blasio has tiny, tiny feet. So I, uh, I mean, maybe not literally, but in terms of filling your shoes, he does. Yeah, I think it's a six. I'll, I'll do a six. Uh, so with my second pick in the fourth overall. I selected New York City uh, Congresswoman Elise uh, Stefanik, who, I mean, a quick search in the news today, um, slammed Governor Kathy Hochul um, over uh, her stance on the gun control legislation, has come out and said she will not, the the bill that passed the Senate, she will uh, opt to vote down in the House. Um, This is the third highest ranking Republican congressperson, I believe, in the country. Um. I think she's probably third? the highest ranking mag, like pure MAGA person. I, I could have sworn I saw today that she was the third ranking member. Yeah, yeah. Third she, ranking she, Republican. She's a House Minority Whip. Very, you know, a, still a person of influence, a person that has, uh, I think still has Trump's ear. Uh, again, I think in the original, when we did this originally, I, I kind of thought she was, could have been a player for, as the next Republican nominee. I, that's probably out of the question now, but I think she's a she's a player. Her st- I think her star in that crowd is is growing and has grown in the last six months. Uh, she's also very much for today's um, a re- re- overturn of Roe v. Wade. Uh, she, for our listeners in the Waterbury area, uh, she has also endorsed Connecticut's fifth congressman opponent, Republican George Logan, saying that he will bring fresh voices to Washington, uh, which is horrifying considering we don't need her values in Connecticut. Um, she's terrible. I would give this... Because of her leadership, I give this a nine. Yeah, yeah, she's a nine. She's bad, and she won't go away. Um, and and by the way, the distance from uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene to her is like it's like a six dollar Uber ride at peak hours. You gave a nine. Yeah. With my second pick of the draft, I chose. Future Republican president, uh, governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis, who, since I have uh, made this pick, has signed a don't don't say gay bill into law, uh, has routinely ran against CRT, uh, is licking his lips going after this Roe v. Wade decision, uh, and has also been uh, the leader in New Hampshire poll for who they would choose for their next presidential nominee. Uh, Ron DeSantis is a competent Trump, and we should all be horrified at the fact that he is leading uh, in the polls. I'm going to argue, I mean, he's not competent. He's 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 a... His agenda's more, passed. He's more polished Trump. His yeah. agenda passed. Well, yeah, but it's it, 
because he's in Florida. Uh, it, it, but, yeah, it's a 10. DeSantis is the worst person in America. It's a 10. It's Who's like, out in the Supreme Court? It's like getting Aaron Donald with the ninth pick, and he's like arguably the greatest defensive player of a generation. Um, you got him fifth. Uh, it's it's a stone-cold 10. Right. So with my next pick, uh, this is my pundit pick, and I took Chuck Todd uh, of uh, from Meet the Press. And when we were just doing this unofficially, I don't know when the hell it was, six months ago. Uh, January 22nd, I believe. Okay. I said to, uh, I said at the time that the devil just lowers your acceptance of what is acceptable all the time. Chuck Todd does that to journalism. He has never, ever, ever, ever asked a follow-up question. He has never, he just sits there stone-faced while people go on and on and on and on. He blamed um, Biden for the for the border crisis about ninety days after Biden took over, after, after saying nothing about it for four years. Um, and in this case, the people have spoken. Chuck Todd has gone from having a five o'clock p.m. show on MSNBC to having a four o'clock p.m. show on MSNBC to having an earlier show on MSNBC to now being on a streaming service so that the nine people who order MSNBC streaming can can watch him not ask questions uh I'm good with this pick like he he's uh you know he said that uh uh, uh John Brown Jackson would be Biden's last success and his most ardent defenders cuz I was looking it up today are these far-right nitwits from Breitbart who love him. Uh, the decision on the behalf of NBC and NBC News to ma- name him the successor to the late Tim Russert, to me, is one of the most mind-boggling decisions in the history of television or news or both. Um, he's just hes just dumb. He's a dumb person. And he and NBC hitched... They put a lot behind him. Like you said, now he's on... He's been relegated to the to the sideline, really, the streaming service. Um, <laughs> they didn't even put him on Peacock. Not even on Peacock, where they've got so much invested in, the, so much they've lost there. Uh, it's I'm going to go eight on this. I Chuck Todd's a bad journalist, but he's not dangerous. He's just bad at his job. Like he's not out there pushing right wing yeah. ideas. He's not out there. But he's not on left- Fox either. But he's but he's not doing anything. He's the <laughs> Joe Biden of journalists. He's just weak. Yes, yeah, um, I I'm gonna go with a five on this. Like Chuck Todd, if he had competency and was effective and had big name guests, but now he's on a streaming service and he's interviewing like the seventy seventh most important person in the house. So in my next pick, I struggling to three. This is the one I think didn't age well. So as my first pick of the third round, I'm going to pick Joni Ernst. This one probably did not age well because I did not realize how far the Republican Party was going to fall, and she just fell a little. Now, she did vote for the gun bill, but... She's also voted against every Voting Rights Act and says, said, I don't see a link between January 6th and the so-called Voting Rights Bill. It's just not there. They're using any excuse they can find 
to ram through a really, really horrible agenda. Um, and then she said, I just want, I just want to make sure everyone can vote, but no one can cheat. Well, there's never been a study that shows any voter fraud of any magnitude at all. And when there is, it's always Republicans. So it's, uh, she has continued to be really bad, but I would acknowledge that the 96 year old or whatever the hell he is, I guess he's 89. He's 89. Grassley. Yeah. He's 89. Right. Yeah. Uh, he is, um, and he's going to run for reelection. Uh, He's been even worse because he's an insurrectionist. She has really tried to tiptoe a line about not saying anything. Like, clearly her idol is Susan Collins, and if your idol is Susan Collins, you can burn in hell. Joni Ernst is like a senator, a Republican senator from a different time. And that different time happened to be 2012 when the Tea Party took over. But the Tea Party almost looks sane now. And almost looks like a coherent ideology that is worthy of debate because the Republicans have gone from the Tea Party to QAnon. Uh, and I would put Joni Ernst 6.5. Almost Fred Astaire-esque in her ability to, I, I like that about just tiptoeing the line, just kind of straddling that line. Um, again, this was once a rising star in the party, a female voice that has her star has, in my mind, diminished. Um, still dangerous, still out there, um, but but not just not nearly as like relevant. Uh, I six. Yeah, you, you guys are generous here and mean to me on Chuck Todd. <laughs> I give Todd uh, an eight <laughs> for my third pick of the draft. I went with. Uh, this is my Democrat pick. I went with. Uh, Cruella de Vil cosplayer Kirsten Cinema as uh, my pick here for the Democrats. Uh, she uh, is the co-main reason because Joe Manchin exists on why we have not passed any of Joe Biden's agenda. She is the reason why we have not abolished the filibuster. She is the reason why we have not raised the minimum wage. Uh, she is a former left-winger who then got completely taken over by corporate interests and donations who found her kooky because she wears a pink sweater and stands on the dais. And isn't that fun that we have a woman in a pink sweater behind the dais that has a necklace that says bitches rule? You know, oh my God, isn't this fun? That's Kirsten Cinema, All bark, no fucking bite. I think... Uh Glenn Close and Emma Stone would blush at the comparison to Corel DeVille as they both uh, adapted her on screen. Um, just, yeah, not great. And my, my next pick is like her brother in arms. And I'm and I'm very familiar with Zach Spishin here because my next pick is kind of uh, her brother in arms. I would go uh, eight. Yeah, the, the only thing, it just happens to be a bad day for this pick because the first gun law legislation in 30 years... Uh, you know, restricting gun use has passed today. And she was really important in that because um, she could talk to Republicans because she is one. Uh, in a, in a it's fair. Uh, the, it's, she did not come as advertised. Like, I was very excited about her being there. And then, holy God, she's been terrible. So yeah, innate innate fair. Uh, so for my third pick, 
I kind of gave it away there. But uh, yeah, uh, West Virginia Senator Joe Manchin. Um, a lot to say, you know, a lot of, lot of comparisons there with cinema. Uh, look, quickly, just today, he's doing the whole Susan Collins thing of they they lied to me. Brett Kavanaugh and Neil Gorsuch, they told me that they, you know, we're going to uphold Roe v. Wade as um, they, 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 they took them, you know, I took them at their word in these crocodile tears. And no, oh, please. Manchin voted for Gorsuch and Kavanaugh, correct? He, Both, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, Barrett, I think. Yes. Again, he was this. He was one of the one of the only senators that getting him to get in on the build build better back um, that whole the legislation at the end of the year, the infrastructure act. It, that was just like pulling teeth, and everything he said publicly was was painful. Um, which I think we talked about in the moment, and now with today's news, he's same as he ever was. He he is a Democrat in Republicans clothing. Um, Joe, uh, Joe Manchin. Joe Manchin uh, voted to overturn Roe v. Wade. Uh, this is a 9.5. At some level, I have more patience for Manchin than I do for cinema because if he was 4% more liberal, he'd get beat by 35% of the vote. Um, but the thing I can't get past is his daughter is the person who is responsible for EpiPens going from being $10 to being $1,500. And he has worked hand in glove to make sure the pharmaceutical industries are never ever uh regulated uh, i think he is the most corrupt senator uh not named ted cruz or josh hawley and uh yeah i'll, I'll give it a nine give it a nine yeah. nepotism slash apple doesn't fall far from the tree personified he sucks yeah. god he sucks so uh with my fourth pick I took television, for pundit, I took television host, Fox News host, uh, Tucker Carlson. Look, I don't think much has really changed in the last six months. He has the, if not for, like the NBA playoffs, this guy is the most watched thing on cable television week in, week out, 52 weeks a year. Um, and what he spreads on TV, what he continues to spread is just, what do you call it, what you, disinformation, uh, fe- fear-mongering. Um, he is a, I remember him in his fucking bow tie on Crossfire um, with, with Bob Novak and James Carville and Paul Begala, and that's going back like 20 years. Um, and back then, he was just kind of this like, this kind of, he was a worm, but he, he, he almost, he came off as more of a, you know, just like a Republican intellectual, like a think taker. Now he's just a, he's a predator. He preys on people in their homes that tune in every night, Monday through Friday on Fox at 8 o'clock. And the fact that he's in that position with this, with with the venom that he spews night in, night out, the false, the falsehoods, just the cretinous, dangerous person that's going nowhere because the number numbers don't lie, and he does big business for Fox. Tucker Carlson is a white supremacist, and he has the largest uh, platform from white supremacy that we've seen since David Duke, and he makes David Duke uh, look like a ham radio compared to the reach he has. Uh, Tucker Carlson. Uh, may be the most dangerous media figure in America. Uh, this is a 10. Yeah. My, my general take is that if you're turning on to Fox News at this point, you're already gone, and so I don't really take those people seriously. But the thing that gets me, this guy is the heir to the Swanson uh, uh, frozen dinner fortune. He is. That's why Molly Jean Fast calls him the, calls him the, 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 the fish stick prince. Um, and 
Um, he doesn't need to do any of this, and yet he does it. I think he is the most dangerous man in America. I, I did this time. Uh, for my fourth pick in the draft, I chose uh, another Fox News pundit, but one who is really too stupid to be dangerous. I looked up some news articles about what he's covering now, and it's all about liberal privilege, which just seems like whatever, man. This whatever. I chose Jesse Waters, um, who's a racist. So we know that about him. Uh, but he's just kind of a dumb Fox News guy. He he is young Lou Dobbs. Like, they don't put him on any major platforms. They just push him off to, why don't you go on Fox uh, Business for a while? Why don't you go? He's, you know, I mean, the problem is he'll probably write a book that'll be on the New York Times bestseller list because they patrol that so well so that when... So that when the Republican Party buys 500,000 copies of it. It'll be number one. Um, he's terrible. He's a six because he just, I don't think his reach matters. Like, gonna, it's the opposite of Tucker Carlson. I'm actually going to push back at both of you um, because I think he, and I'm going to say he's a nine. And here's why. Um, his platform is actually bigger than you think. Like this guy, in, in for, for a long time, he occupied space on Fox News in like Saturday night prime time in between fucking Gutfeld and Judge Janine, whatever, and that's that's nothing. This guy's on five nights a week on Fox proper, Fox News proper, seven o'clock. Like he's in your home seven o'clock um, every night. And again, like Zach, and again, he is just an asshole. He's just a rotten. On his old show on Saturday nights, he used to just do a segment where he'd approach minorities on the street and he would just 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 make hateful, hurtful jokes to them, and they would say something, they, they would kind of get lost in translation because maybe their English wasn't great. And he would play this to, like, laugh tracks in the studio. And somehow Fox saw in him, like, a star that they could put in prime time five nights a week. I feel like his star is rising in the fact that where he is now and that as that whole, that the party gets further and further away from anything resembling normalcy, he's almost kind of a face of that of, he's a face of the of the growing fringe. So I'm a nine on that. All right. So with the last pick in the fourth round, I'm going to my Democrat, Henry Cuellar. Now, Henry Cuellar is in a uh, very... He is on a border district in Texas. Um, he... Good news for Henry Cuellar. The FBI have dro- has dropped their investigation about him, about uh, providing money to Azerbaijan. So, I, because he's agreed to cooperate. So, great news for him. Not the kind of thing you put on your, your you don't put that in, in your, uh, you know, walk cards. Recently cleared by the FBI, once I agreed to do. Is this the guy that Jessica Cisneros primary? I was just going to mention this. Jessica, Jessica Cisneros who I gave $100 to in $10 increments, um, primaried him. She had lost by four points two years ago. She lost by 235 votes this time. Cisneros had raised all kinds of money from out of state. She had spent him like seven to one. But he he's in a, he's not in a conservative district. He was a Biden plus five district. Like that's not a conservative district. He is the leading, 
the leading anti-abortion Democrat. And on today, when Roe v. Wade was under overturned, that makes me really mad. Minus some of the details about his uh, his primary recently. I, I didn't know much about Cuellar, even when you picked him too. But that point there, that's the sticking point. I would I'd give him an eight. Yeah, I give him an eight. You're, the Democrats need to say there is no room in this party for anti-abortion Democrats anymore. And they need to primary him. And if you want to know where the Democratic Party stood in this primary, well, Nancy Pelosi endorsed Cuellar. Yep. And Steny Hoyer endorsed Cuellar. AOC endorsed Cisneros. So did Bernie. Now, it's also true that she did outspend him like 7 to 1 because she had so much money coming in from people like me who hate Henry Cuellar. Um, So for my last pick and the first pick of the last round. And I remember making this pick, and Zach thought it was Peter Ducey or of the Ducey family, uh, but it was not. The governor of Arizona, a state that voted for Joe Biden, is Doug Ducey. Here are some of the things he's done recently. He signed an executive order banning any any employer from having a vaccine, COVID-19 a vaccine mandate. Because, you know, the Republicans really respect private industry. He banned any local government or city or county government from doing that. And then when he tried to pass a flat tax, so the tax is flat across the board. It doesn't go up or down based on income. And when they realized that that was um, not going to do well, he increased the number of people on the Supreme Court by four. So it went from three to seven. And then he gave them an enormous pay raise. So here's what the here's what this tax will do. If you make sixty two thousand dollars a year, you will save forty two dollars in taxes. If you make a million dollars a year, you will set save forty five thousand dollars a year. There is no way they can fund public education in Arizona because it's cut everything. And there is in the Arizona Constitution that if you get 215,000 signatures, you can force something to the ballot. And this is an incredibly unpopular bill. And his stacked Supreme Court said, no, you can't do that because the legislature is responsible for the support and maintenance of state government. And they declared the petition illegal. Rob Ducey today came out and made a big thing about the fact that Arizona will be the most pro-life state in the country, to which someone responded, when your son impregnated me, he forced me to get an abortion. So Doug Ducey, I think, quietly, is in the running for the second worst governor in America. By the way, they are still investigating to see, Arizona is still investigating to see, because they believe that there were improper votes in Arizona. Yeah, this is a nine. Hell of a case. It's a nine. Uh, For my last pick of the draft, I went with... Insurrectionist from the great state of Colorado, uh, Lauren Boebert, who, before she uh, went into office, 
uh, poisoned a bunch of people at a restaurant with food poisoning. Uh, she recently had a kerfuffle because uh, she was out RTVing with her family and bailed out when her sister and her son were on an ATV and simply left them to control the device on their own. Uh, she is an insurrectionist. Uh, she's a proud insurrectionist. Uh, she routinely talks about how the election was over was stolen. Um, she's more effective than Marjorie Taylor Greene because she serves on committees, but that doesn't make her any less stupid than Marjorie Taylor Greene. I don't think anybody, I don't think there's an elected official in this country that, that gets under my skin that pisses me off more than Lauren Boebert. I, I think every time, every every tweet I read, every uh, soundbite I, I hear, it just it, it just really it, the hair on my neck just goes up. Um, this is a nine trending up. It's a nine for now. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I I'm gonna give it an eight. I, I think she's just the the brunette Marjorie Taylor Greene. She does serve on committees, but she's not taken seriously by anybody. She, her the the reason they put up with her is she's great at fundraising because. People who like her really, really like her. Um, and the other reason I'm going with it, because she's a former sex worker. And so, you know what, I, I respect sex workers' work, and I respect that. She was a paid escort. Uh, her husband uh, has been arrested for exposing himself to teenage girls a couple of times. But there's nothing hypocritical about her at all. She's right about the grooming issue. And with the final pick in this draft, and Mr. Irrelevant, And it's perfect for a guy whose relevancy literally just gets diminished every day after day, week after week. Uh, it's former uh, North Carolina Congressman Madison Cawthorn. Um, I, I don't mean to, I don't want to kick a man while he's down, but um, <clears throat> well, at least said anything. It. Oh, I was I was hoping for some laughs there. I, I've had no, I, I I have had people mention that you're uh, repeated going after. Him for it's being, bad. It's bad for being a parable of uh, being <laughs> handicapped is uh. Actually, the people I talked to liked it. <laughs> Are you just saying that? Or? Okay. No. Well, good. Look, he was a rising star six months ago, and um, now he kind of became he he kind of fell on the sword a little bit. He kind of became the fall guy. Um, some lifestyle things came out. Some photos came out. Six months ago, he was right there with Elbow and MTG and uh, and all them as you know, representing the most vile facets of like the Republican uh, congressional body. And now he's gone, and um, certainly not missed. Um, but again, he's he is out of office despite a long record of just kind of vile, just public sentiments on his behalf, and he just you know. I I think it's important to say what some of those disturbing images were. Oh, uh, what was running long? So. One of them was him wrestling naked with his cousin and shoving his dick in his cousin's face, <sighs> uh, which you know. We're all boys here. <laughs> yeah. Locker right. talk. It's, it's, locker it's talk. a cousin who, thing that upsets me. Who, amo who among us? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whoops amongst us has not done this. Um, you know, <laughs> let, let those who have not cast the first stone. <laughs> um, Madison Cawthorn also, when he lost, said that now is the time for Dark Maggot to rise, which... You know, I may have viewed the QAnon movement as a joke. I'm not making the same mistake with Dark MAGA. I'm not letting any Final Fantasy bullshit come into our politics. I think uh, Madison Cawthorn, he's gone. He's still going to be around. He's probably going to get a job wheeling around Chinatown asking people to say things in English. I'm going to give him a, a six. 
I'm also going to give him a six. He will be a Fox News pundit, but there's no way in hell Fox News is handicap accessible. Um, he is. He he made the mistake you can't make. He criticized other Republicans, and even Kevin McCarthy. Like that's where you can't go. You can't do that. Uh, the guy who beat him, or the person who beat him, I don't remember if it was a man or a woman. Not going to be great. Not going to be great. Not going to be like this is not going to go well. But he he alienated. It is hard in a two year period to get every single person except uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene and Bulbert and Gates to despise you. And he managed to do it. And for that, I will stand up and applaud him because he can't do it himself. So, as this draft was beginning, I was thinking to myself, like, last year we almost had a tie. We need to make sure we have a tiebreaker. So, throughout the draft, I, uh, I marked who had the most points in each round and decided that would be my tiebreaker. Because, obviously, it's going to be the, the two top scores that win the most rounds. So, coming in third place this year is Ed with 38.25 points. Chuck Todd killed you. So, we've got I, I, two I feel, guys. I feel very good about the Chuck Todd thing. We've got two guys left, and going into the last round, I was doing my math going through it, and I was like, Andrew needs six or more to win, and he gets running sixes. Oh, man. So we have a tie between Zach and Andrew, and uh, Andrew, with the late third, early fourth round picks, won both rounds with a 9.5, a 9, and a double 10 in the fourth, giving him the most wins of the round and declaring him the winner of this draft. If you're... Oh. Cheers, cheers. Uh, listen, if you're look, if you're an NBA team or an NFL team, and you're looking for a scout, somebody get in there to mine the late rounds. I'm your white knight. I'm your guy. Hit me up. I'm just excited to be in the lottery. <laughs> Did you tank this draft <laughs> for future considerations? Trust, yeah. trust the process. Yeah. yeah, trust the process. And with that, we will say goodbye. We'll see you next week in at the social on the Bill Bradley Collective. Thank you for joining us on the Bill Bradley Collective. If you enjoyed the episode, subscribe on all podcast platforms and give us a like on Facebook as well. Thank you very much. We'll see you next week on the Bill Bradley Collective.